Riding through this world all alone. God takes your soul. You're on your own. The crow flies straight. The perfect line. Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast of the best shows on TV. And I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And tonight we're doing our Sutter cast. So this is a, a complete season overview of Sons of Anarchy, season seven, the final season, at the request of our Sutter Files Santa winner, uh, Jay. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, bro, I was pretty pumped about this one. Uh, this has been one of my favorite shows, one of my favorite seasons. And uh, when she said this, I had to be, I had to be honest. I kind of had a little fist bump. I was pretty excited. Oh, absolutely. And then, uh, to be honest with you, this is kind of fresh in my mind because I didn't actually get to the final season of this show till earlier this year. So, kind yeah, of helped me were, out. You were one of those rare breeds that didn't watch it when it actually was aired. Which is crazy because I've watched every other season that way. And then to the final season, I don't know what happened. We got a couple episodes in, got distracted, and didn't finish. Yeah, lucky you. I've had to go back and touch on a few things and check some old stuff and uh, refresh my memory on th- some things, but uh, it is uh, deep ingrained and I hate to say uh, sad to actually go back over it a little bit because it just reawoke those emotions of that I'm upset that it's gone. Yeah, you <laughs> missed it. With you, you, you missed know, the show. So Absolutely. I would definitely say it's something my wife and I started on a whim. Um back and you know right when it started on that september day and we loved every second from the start very first episode and it was uh it was a really tough tough loss to see it go and it was basically almost about a year ago uh this month i think yeah yeah not too long ago i mean i remember you watched the first season and told me to start watching yeah so i, I got mean, I caught was immediately up hooked and then i've been watching it since you know it's air date season two so, well, I mean, this this entire series, this show, has just made me hook into so many really good actors that I look forward to seeing in other stuff now. And no other show I can say has really brought that to my attention as much as this one has. And so that's just a, a kudos to the writing, acting, directing, everything that's a part of this show. And I think that's the reason we love it and why it hurts so much to see it gone. Absolutely. I mean, I've been hooked on good serialized television for so long now. You see where they drag the best actors from show to show to show. Right. I right. mean, the people that can really carry their weight, they never look for work. They're constantly in a new show. Oh, and yeah. not, not garbage network shows. They're in good... You quality. Know, good cable shows. Quality, quality. Right. You know, and, it, it, and it, you can tell they've picked the right parts for themselves and what is needed and it's an easy transition and you love every second of it oh absolutely this is another show where you give a damn about most every single character absolutely and you, and you can't say that for a lot of things you really oh, really yeah. can't i mean don't get wrong there are some characters like well this person should have died or this is what's that so on so on but every one of these characters in this show they mean something to you They've all created a value, you know, and it wasn't overdone, over, you know, overcooked, whatever you want to call it. Everything was meaningful. You loved it. And everybody has a part and you're happy they had that part. Oh, absolutely. So season overall, what'd you call on this one? All right. Overall plot, I did not love. Um, you're one of the few. Okay, but go ahead. Right. Uh, but the way it's executed, I did really like. I mean... The way Sutter kind of 
throws in twists and turns through every season. You know, you think a character is going one way and ends up a totally opposite direction or dead or whatever the case may be. I find truly enjoyable. I just, I never know what to expect every episode because you go into it with certain expectations and you're always fooled. So I learned to go into the new episodes every time, just like with a blank slate. And I find out that I really enjoy TV that way. I agree 100%. Now, I'll be honest with you. I enjoyed the plot because this was one of the few times that you kind of knew what the primary plot was and they followed through with it. I mean, you knew at the end of season six that Gemma's was on borrowed time immediately after. And how they were going to create it was what was going to be interesting for season seven. And so we always knew that Gemma was going to be the the, the central antagonist, the, the primary plot point, you know, when it comes to the, the final unraveling of everything and, you know, um, and so that, that I did enjoy that. I mean, I know that's different than you and so on. It was one of the few times I did, but like you said, the one thing that really makes the show, what it makes a genius, what I love about it and so on is the execution of how we get from point A to B, even to if you knew what POD is, is, you know, we do so many zigzags and twists and turns and step back and go and holy crap, did that just happen? And then move forward really fast in some spots where you didn't expect it. Um, that's what makes his shows epic. Um, that's what I love about this, and that's why I miss it. You know, uh, we just recently finished up the Bash Executioner, and he does a lot of that same stuff. It just wasn't as well received, unfortunately. I guess it probably due to it being a period piece, and maybe there wasn't motorcycles, and there wasn't Charlie Hunting in it. But who knows? You know. But um, the the reality of it is, is that this show is quintessential Sutter and what we loved about it is how you can never you never knew what the next step was going to be or the next series of steps would be and then when it did happen you're happy you didn't know it yeah I think my favorite part mainly of this season is the anticipation and the suspense because honestly I thought this season would be more bloody more violent because I knew it was some kind of fruition, you know. It wouldn't it wouldn't have surprised me one bit if every single member of Sam Crow were dead at the end of this. You know, I kind of thought that too. Uh, there was a part of me like, if this was going to be like the if it were you know because the, the by the, by this time everybody was calling this you know Hamlet on motorcycles, which I was following into that trend as well, you know, and just like Hamlet and everything else, you expect everybody to you know basically fall on the sword in some form of capacity and was that mean in my prediction and like you're saying was is this this mean this is the end of sam crow not just certain characters or so on you know i never expected a happy ending did you ever expect a happy ending oh absolutely not there's no way it could end happy no you know and you know me being a diehard shield fan and knowing how it started and wrapped i had no anticipation of a happy ending you know and that's not spoilerish. I'm just saying, like, that's just kind of Sutter, how he does certain things. That's how he is. He's realistic. You know? And, I mean, if you really think about any of the seasons that he had, there, there was always a, a, a sadness or a downer or not what you expect, and you can always say that. So, um, But, yes, I, I'm with you. I, I, there was a part of me thinking that we were going to lose several, if not most of all, the gang, and it was just going to be our true gut-wrencher, you know, through the entire season to see maybe it was just the implosion of Sam Crow and the Redwood Originals. And um, 
but I was happy that didn't happen. I, I kind of, I was happy that it went the way it did. I still think it was a pretty bloody, a bloody season. Um, you know, I was doing some statistics on online when I was checking this out. You know, Jax Teller's character through the entire seven seasons. You know, he has forty five confirmed murders. Nice. How about that? You know, <laughs> no, I didn't, and of no. them, of them, like twenty six or twenty nine of them were like named characters that he murdered. I can't really think of a lot of other series where you get your main character who does that much murder and is okay with it. Yeah, I mean, they've never, you know, kind of labeled anybody in this show as a hero. <laughs> no. Ever. What? No. <laughs> yeah. So it's all anti-heroes. It's almost all antagonists. No, oh, yeah. If you try to consider a protagonist, there's not any. I mean, I realize Jax is the main character and he has good intentions at a lot of times, but sometimes he's just a cold-blooded killer. No, there's no doubt. There's zero doubt. I mean, you know, he does what he has to do, you know. Sometimes he does what he has to do. Sometimes he does what he wants to do. This is true. This is true. This is very true. Whether it's good for the group or not, sometimes, you know. (laughs) You know, know, the one thing I'll say about the series that, you know, just to throw a little bit of a sprinkle of a negative in there. um, Do you notice this entire series – you know, not series, but even this season two and series, do you notice that like for every time there's a problem, they create a new problem to help solve that problem. Do you realize that was very repetitive this season alone? I mean, you really think about it. We're going to do this, but I need you to handle this before we can do that. And that was done repetitively. Did, did that ever get to you or bother you? Cause it was kind of getting on my nerves a little bit in certain parts. I don't know. I don't think I don't think he had any way around it because there were so many characters. I'll give you two examples. Think about this. Think about the part where he wants help from the Niners, but I need you to kill a few of my rogue Niners. Or, hey, I need to get this, but we need to kill this pimp or you know, handle this pimp and we kill the pimp. You know, to heck this everything had like I don't know if it was necessarily a deal, but you know, this problem can be solved by fixing somebody else's problem, and Jax is always the person to fix that problem. You realize that was done quite a bit. Yeah, but I think that's. I think it's easy to fall into that. Yeah. Because you have so many characters that need even just a little bit of screen time and writing. I mean, you need to just shove people around and give some subplots and subplots to those plots, you know what I mean? Right. Otherwise, you just you would go straight through your plot so fast you wouldn't need but two or three episodes. Yeah, I hear you. I just I, I was just curious because it, it just kind of became more evident this season. I didn't know if that popped in your mind. No, what one of the major things I didn't care for this season is the preacher's wife and son. Okay, their storyline I could have given a crap about. I realize it played into a lot of the other storylines that had to do with Marks, but it just wasn't for me. You know, just that's that's a subplot to me that was weak. I got you. Well, um, instead of doing every episode one by one verbatim and talking for three hours, because I could talk about each episode for an hour myself. I don't know about you. Uh, I think we just kind of break it down into moments of the entire season or things we loved or things we could have done differently or this or that or so on and break it into some different parts and talk about each one of those and really hit the season for what it is and not you know dribble of each episode as we go down would you agree oh absolutely well, well I mean, hit me with some of the things we talked about before we started what's the first thing you want to hit favorite moments of the season favorite moments you got one tickling your tongue right now 
My favorite moment of the whole season was when they finally trap Moses. The uh, oh yeah, the henchman for Marks. Yeah. The henchman for Marks at that house out there at the old redneck house, and it's just a good old fashioned gunfight. Uh, you know, I love that type of stuff. That show did this really, really well. You know, between this and stealing Henry Lynn's guns, you know that gunfight too. Mm-hmm. You know, car chase. All that stuff. But the ambush with Moses was definitely my favorite part. You know, I have to say that, you know, my favorite part was, believe it or not, was the death of Gemma. I know that might be cold to some people, but, you know, like I said, I, I watched the show with my wife. She was addicted. She's, you know, she's a Charlie Hunnam fan, you know, for multiple reasons. You know, I, I, I don't look like Charlie Hunnam. bare ass often <laughs> yeah. on the screen. <laughs> you know, yeah, she says, you know, lose a few tattoos. This guy's, you know dream weaver whatever you call it but anyway you know how many times through this entire season you were like i want that bitch dead you know i mean how many times have you said that through the entire series and so when it finally came to the culmination you know and i I felt like we were watching like an episode of walking dead you know look at the flowers look at the flowers you know and bang you know i have to say it was a monumental moment at this you know at our house and so absolutely do you lump unsers you know, Unser Marius' death ended with that? You know, believe it or not, Unser, that was just one of those surprise moments for me. I really didn't expect Unser to go out like that. I really didn't. Um, believe it or not, I, you know, we'll talk about him later with something yeah. I think about what I think should have happened to Unser. Um, but no, that wasn't one of my, I wouldn't even put him in that category. I think that was one of my greatest moments. Another great moment for me for this season um you know, I hate to say it was, you know, was the pivotal deaths. I mean, like, it blew me away when they killed Bobby. I mean, it just oh, blew yeah. me away. And I consider it one of the greatest moments because it made my heart sink. It made me lose the breath out of my, you know, my lungs. It made me stand up in my seat and just have that, <gasps> I, I just can't believe what I watched. And that is great television to me. You know, not to say that deaths was the only thing that caused that, but this season, you know, I wasn't, <gasps> because Gemma died. I was pumping my fist like, about dang time. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But Bobby's death was so unexpected, you know, um, and didn't see it coming. And that's one of those moments like you're talking about that twist and turn and, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened. That was one of the greatest moments of the entire season for me. Oh, definitely. Really, really enjoyed definitely. that. You know? Um, and so, you know, realistically, I hate to say that those two deaths are – you know, I take it back. It's not the death of Gemma. It's the killing of Gemma I thought was fantastic. The emotional moments tend to hit really right, hard they on do. this show. But like you said, I really enjoyed the part where Moses was, you know, killed at the, you know, at the house. Um, I thought that was really, really cool, you know. I mean, I really, really did. I, I, I loved it when um, – I thought it was really cool gunplay and um, stuff when he killed all those rogue Niners. I thought I love those action scenes where, you know, they get to do the details and so on. And, and this show did a great job at that, you know. And I, I'll be honest, too. Some of my favorite moments were were Tig and his kind of comic relief oh, yeah. and happy as well, I'd say. You know, Tig fooling with Rat Boy, you know, with the smell and the digging the hole. Oh, yeah. Just – them two stuck in the car as they're following the Chinese uh, gunshipment, and you just constantly Tig and Venus. Yes, you know. I mean, how hilarious! How great is that combination? Absolutely, it, Walton Goggins is easily becoming one of the top actors out there right now. That dude hits it out of the park. 
no matter the role. He yeah. crushes it. Doesn't matter if he's Boyd Crowder or if he's a, or if he's Venus or whoever. The guy his guy's got it. And from what I understand, he steals the show in Hateful Eight, the new Tarantino. I, I know it. I know it. So I will be going to see that as soon as it actually is released here. Well, yeah, when it's uh, digital. Sorry, Tarantino. I won't do the 70 millimeter for you. <laughs> um, but I, I really liked the comic relief moments. I think they helped kind of, I don't know, break the tension slightly because everything was so damn serious in this. So I like when they throw in characters like Tig and Venus and Chucky, right. um, Chucky. Because, because I need it. I need yeah. it. Otherwise, I'm just like... Like, I need a cigarette or something. I don't even smoke. <laughs> you know? It, I got you. Well, all right. So, we talked about bet. What was the worst moment? What were some things you were lacking or didn't care for? Worst moment. Almost as a whole is Juice's storyline to me. Hey, man. Uh, I, I was not a fan. I don't like how they use Juice. I uh, And I don't like how they use Borowski. Me neither. I'm happy you said that because... Juice, I love Theo Rossi. Uh, Rossi. I think he was phenomenal. I think he did a lot of great things. Um, I think his acting job, especially at the end of the season, where you know the emotional breakdowns and the talking and rape and the all these things. Giving up. I'm talking about, I give this guy 100% credit of wow. I mean, talking about putting it up there. and But I just was not a fan of how they turned him into what they, you know, I mean, be honest with you, you know, uh, I hate they used him this way. I hate that the storyline went that way. I hate they made him kind of a chump in the beginning. You know, I mean, he came out and he killed Roosevelt and he got Gemma out of there. I thought he'd take more of a commanding role, not a chump, you know, end up running for his life and begging for help and all. I just, it, it bothered me. Well, Juice coming off a couple seasons where he goes like rogue. Yeah, you know, danger, death wish, juice yeah. to trying to commit suicide, suicide juice to kill a cop to protect Jimma juice to now being just the club punching bag. Yeah, you know, and I don't. I thought his storyline was just kind of starting to get redundant and slow. The constant check-ins with Unzer and him, and Wendy and him, and Jimma and him. And trying to tie that whole lie together and stuff, and I was just like, and then and they keeping get him, it going for so long, and then they get him in prison, and he's dealing with Tully the whole time, and I was just like, none of this is really that interesting to me. And yeah. he used to be a character that I was super interested in. There is no doubt. And I just he, it's nothing to do with his acting. He can pull off all the acting the show required. It was just a story that I didn't love. No, I lost a lot of interest with him too. You know, he didn't like last season or two ago when he was betraying Jax and doing all that stuff. So, I mean, he was already on a downward spiral for me. And they just, like you said, continual punching bag and always the the, odd, the black sheep of the group, you know? Well, it's funny you say that because I always thought it was kind of contrived to say that Juice lost his shit and wanted to commit suicide because he found out his dad was black. I just thought that was silly, you know, a silly reason to make a character lose his shit. You know, so from that point to how we ended with him and stuff, I was just kind of meh. Man, I hate that because I really like this actor and the character. Yeah, I agree 100%. And then moving to Borowski, who I thought was great in his moments in last season or season six, 
you know, with Colette and his dealings at the docks and stuff like that. Yeah, well, he he became a dominant character quick and one you liked. I mean, the old RoboCop was back in action, baby. Yeah, I was so happy to see it. But then this final season, what do we see him? Two or three times two or three episodes for a mainly. couple minutes. And then guess what? He's good for an episode or two. And then you unravel that he's a, a scumbag, and then all you see is his head get blown against the wall. You know, and I'm just like, I thought it was a waste of a character. I did too. I thought he was completely wasted. And Man, I wanted more. I hate to see that because... Peter Weller is a good actor. He did. And he was the perfect cast for this guy. He needed more screen time. He needed more in this show. Exactly. I feel like they could have done a whole lot more with his storyline. Not just that, oh, I told him where the guns were, so I get my head blown off later. It's like, man, that's too too easy. It is. He should have had a cooler, cooler plot to, I agree. to mix in. You know, I've debated that with several people, and they all, I think, agree with us, is that, you know, he was a missed mark for me. You know, he's somebody we could have done a lot more with. We could have done less with Juice and more with him, and I think the story was even better. Absolutely. I mean, even the... I think we could have done fewer things with characters I like still, but uh, Alvarez and... Um, who am I thinking? Tyler. Tyler probably the best, you know, storyline going with Jax and stuff as a sub-character wise because he's he ended up being the main factor that brings down Moses and them. Mm-hmm. But you throw in characters like Nero and Wendy... You know, they're doing things that really move the plot forward. And then Borowski was just kind of left out yeah, he's in the wind. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What's Either way. All right, let's get, get off the beat-ups. What was your biggest surprise of the show? Ooh. You know, I hate uh, one of my biggest one of my biggest surprises. Of course, Bobby was the biggest surprise for me. But we talked about it. But I would say another big surprise to me was is that the – them going and gunning down everybody at the Oso and seeing Kim Dickens go down. I thought that was like, whoa. Did not expect that whatsoever. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I think that, and I won't say it's one of my worst moments. It was super surprise. Big surprise. Very. But big surprise because I can't believe they just killed Colette like that. Yeah. You didn't see her die. You didn't see the shoot up and stuff like that. You just happened to see her bloodied on the floor yeah and that was it was a slight miss but also a huge surprise yeah it was a huge surprise and i was you know considering the show doesn't hold back i mean you think about there was a scene where like i think there was like six sex scenes in the first minute or two of one episode this yeah and one of them was a rape of juice i mean they're not afraid to show that but we're not going to show a bunch of patrons and some main character girls get gunned down in a in the episode i thought that was strange and to me, I thought it was a miss. You know, I thought not to say I would not say I'm enjoy watching girls get shot to pieces and patrons, but I think that's what the show is. I mean, you're not afraid to show a car versus a full of niners getting mowed down. You know, like grass in the front yard, but you won't show characters that are pivotal. You know, get mowed down in a bar scene. In a way, it was kind of a reverse of television. Normally, they'll show all the gun violence. You think of Walking Dead, right? Mm-hmm. They're okay with shooting a six-year-old kid in the face. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll show all that stuff, but they won't show a bit of nudity and sexual stuff, right? Right. This show shows porn sequences. Virtually, yeah. 
I mean, literally, they're filming porns in some of the episodes, right? Correct. Not full nudes or nothing like that, but pretty graphic stuff. But then they avoided the, the mowing scene? down of, uh, which we could have been easily, you know, prop blood and shooting up people. Or you just, you draw the camera way back and you see people just fling around and, you know, yeah. squibs go everywhere and, and you see her on the floor, you know, gasping her last breath and voila. Instead, we get... Oh no! In a slow mo, and then it cuts away, and then you come in there, and there's holes everywhere, and she's on the floor, cold as ice. You know, right? And I was always surprised that there wasn't more blowback for what happened at that place. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, considering the same episode, they threw a grenade through the ice cream place and almost blew up Bobby and Chibs and Jerry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <sighs> I feel like we just turned that into a bad moment. It wasn't. It was super surprising moment. It was. It was. It was awesome that it happened. I just hate the way they executed part of it. Yeah, I would I would have liked to seen maybe Colette even taken as a hostage or something. But I don't know. I feel like she deserved a more emotional death. Well, I think you you actually see her die on screen. Yeah. Well, that would have added some emotion. Yeah, I, I think that would have been a good. Even if she was trying trying to shield somebody else and takes a few rounds, you know, or whatever, you know, just being that mother hen, you know, I felt like she was kind of being in the entire show. So, yeah, that that would probably be one of my biggest surprises. Yeah, I think another pretty big surprise for me was Nero and the farm, like, and ending up with Wendy and the kids. Yeah, that. I would have never at the beginning of this considered them two together raising the kids. Not in a love interest kind of way, but... It never really bothered me because the farm and the ideology of getting away and living a wild a, a life where a child could prosper seemed to be kind of the the back motivation for a lot of characters. And so him talking about it in earlier seasons and this being what this actually comes up to... I felt like it was the only solution, and so it was fitting. So it didn't surprise me. I didn't see how they could ever re- – I never saw a situation where the kids were left in the cold and we were like, oh, God, this is awful. You know what I mean? I never saw that, and I just didn't think it would ever end that way. So I was like, well, how else could these kids have a happy ending? If there was anybody to have a happy ending, the kids need to have one. You know, I mean – I, I thought Wendy would end up with the kids some kind of way. Even maybe possibly one kid because the other one may have been killed, right? But I just didn't see it being something where they're sent off to a farm with Nero. That just surprised me because, for one thing, Nero getting his wish surprises me because I thought he would probably die. You know, I those two characters ended up together. Although it probably was a little bit predictable, it still surprised me. Yeah. I, I, I it you. surprised me because it was predictable, maybe. Because normally he throws a twist in there that would wreck that whole thing. There you go. Touche. I'll give you that. I'll definitely give you that. Um, other than that, yeah, other surprise, I mean, really, other, the rest of the show is just clever this, clever that. You know, I mean, nothing what I would call surprise, surprise. Right, right. What do you think about the biggest gut-wrenching loss it's pretty easy to think of bobby bobby yeah i mean that that was the only, only a little of the entire season that made me go oh my god i can't believe it. i mean it's the second worst death ever in son of anarchy history Could only, be. only to opie i'm sorry i just i think that 
Opie was the most gut-wrenching death and most unexpected and most anger-inducing. <laughs> yes, I want absolutely. to riot and send hate mail, but I changed my mind because I was like, dang it, that's what makes good TV is when you don't expect it and it hits you this hard, you know? Yeah, even today I still wish Opie was alive to go through the other seasons because he was so well done. Dude, Ryan he Hurst. fit the scene so well. You know what kills me? I haven't seen Ryan Hurst in anything since. Have you? Not that I remember. And man, he did a great job. And man, he was a great Opie. And gosh dang it, I wish he was still in this. That's I agree. But uh, sticking but with this season. This season, Bobby was devastating. Bobby was devastating. And I'm going to give a little love to Unser. Uh, I really like Unser as a character. Because he's such a <laughs> tortured soul, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I got more words for Hunter, but I'll wait till we get another category. Okay. <laughs> That's messed <laughs> up. That's messed up, man. Uh, clever moments. There's a lot. I mean, there's a really clever stuff. I mean, think about the cleverness of showing the, the gun used to to uh, frame Jury's boy and then to have it there be revealed to find and so on. I mean, literally the smoking gun. Yeah. Literally the smoking gun. You know, but... I just happened to be watching that, and then it came to fruition. I, my wife didn't even notice that. So, I mean, it was one of those points where you had to watch and see that that was the same gun handed off that Jury actually had in his hand and then gave it to him, and then they used it to frame. And I thought that was clever. I thought that was really, really neat. I thought it was clever that Bronski was the rat because you, nobody was thinking that. I was. That's the problem. I actually was, I mean, I was calling it so I early. I really didn't. I thought they were really pointing the finger at somebody in-house and that we were going to get a huge surprise that there was somebody else that was not the – Juice wasn't the only problem, that somebody else was the problem. And we were going to have that huge explosion of a surprise. We didn't get that. It was Bronski. And so I thought it was clever the way he was put together. No, I, see, I thought they weren't showing him on the screen enough, which made me believe, okay, they're going to just wrap up that loose end because they just weren't using him. And yeah. It's just like he's he's too big of a character to have zero plot, so they're gonna throw him into this thing. That's what I was predicting, which is unfortunate because, like I said, he should have had a better, right. better series. The other clever things I like is that I love how Kirk Sutter creates these plans to wrap up a season in a real intuitive way that makes you. It's like a you know shining on moment, you know. I mean, like the cleverness of cutting the preacher, you know, preacher's bodies up, and you know, putting parts here, and the cleverness of doing, you know, just every season's had a real clever little plot plan point, you know, like yeah, he's going to meet Mister Mayhem because he killed Jury, you know, and with the wrong intention because Gemma, you know, is actually the one that did it. Uh, but how about you know shooting him in the arm and oh, you got away in a hail of gunfire and you know getting right. you out of here? Cool, clever stuff like that, you know. I like um, To and Rat when they get kidnapped by Moses, basically, you know, and they're being held, and you think Tyler has turned on them, but really it was all planned out, and Tyler ended up shooting down the two, you know, yeah, guards or whatever like that, and then untying them before he gets his ear cut off and shit. You know, yeah. I mean, I was just like. Man, well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Clever. Clever stuff that was, it made you kind of like, heck yeah. This is the reason and I like the show. Give that to the editor a little bit. You know, whoever decides how to line up those shots where you, you think it's going one way and then it's like, holy shit, I can't believe they pulled that off. Yeah. You know, uh, really, really, really well done. Uh, I agree. I agree. All right. 
Who's your favorite character art or arcs? Um, you know, I mean, I have to say, my, I mean, of course, my favorite it was Jax. I mean, he's the primary. I really enjoyed what they were trying to do with him. I love that, you know, the season opens up with him, you know, in a real low spot. In a real low, real aggressive, making his way through. And it's really well written and put together because you see basically – I mean, the season was basically – in like the final episode, I, I, you know, it was called Papa's Goods, but I called it, you know, you know, all loose end, including your own. Um, you saw the culmination of the character, his realization of what he needed to do. He did it what he became, what he knows he is, and what he has to do to correct everything and make the ultimate decision. And that's what the season embodied. And that's what he embodied. And it showed a lot of that revelation and it showed a lot of, you know, a lot of his actions. And I just, I thought that was fantastic. I mean, I hate that it's over and I hate that's the way it went, but it's where it needed to go. Um, and I mean, I really can't think of another story or another uh, another another character arc that even compares. Just because I mean, the show revolves around him, but not to uh, completely. But um, there was other ones I enjoyed, you know. I mean, but his was my favorite, of course. It, it's hard to compare others against his because of a lot of seasons. This season really focused on Jacks, right? Because all of his decisions had consequences for everyone in the show. Right. I mean, I really enjoyed Chips. I think I think he is one of my favorites of the entire show and series. I love what he did. Um, I really, you know, he's always that stone, that, you know, that good word of advice. He's always there to get you back on point. He's... He acts. He does well. He's, you know, he's just... Extreme loyalty. Right. And... So, you know, Jackie boy and, you yeah, know, yeah. um, just a great character. Very fitting. Always, you know, he's one of the few characters in the entire series that never really had a bad situation or things plot against him or, you know, getting the thick of things as much as others did. I think he was always that supporting rock for whoever. And that's what I liked about him. And I think that's, and it never, it never changed for season seven. And I, that's what I loved. He was just the best guy you could count on. Exactly. It's like there was never any, you know, scuffling. You know what I mean? It was a few times here and there maybe he kept some things from Jack's, you know, about Juice when he stole the brick of cocaine and all that stuff. You know what I mean? He was just trying to protect Juice from himself, basically. Right. You know, he's, he's more than likely my favorite character. I mean, he's a good one. I mean, Tommy Flanagan, what an what an actor. Dude does great in everything. I mean, I can't think of a single role that I'm like, he blew it on that one. <laughs> no, know? no. And so that that's good. And it's so hard to say because Kim Coates, I mean, Tig, I mean, what a more lovable character. You know, fantastic but job. If you're going to say series long favorite character arc, it's Tig for me. <laughs> because yeah. he goes through some stuff. He does. Yeah, we're going to go into a category here in a minute that I just can't believe. <laughs> yeah, I know. Stop where you are right there. Yeah. And so, but I love him. I mean. I mean, you hate Gemma, but she has a great arc because she's you know, you such say a that, monster. but I wasn't a fan. There was. Tell me this. Do you think Gemma should have survived this long in the show? No. 
But she had to. Did she? I mean, this lie has been going since not just the Tara death, right? Well, I mean, her lies and deception and things she's gone away with. I think she's always... I mean, I said no, but realistically, the show would not be able to be as good without her. I hate to say it, Katie Seagal carried a lot of this, uh, of this series. And I think she did a fantastic job. And Gemma was integral to a lot of it. Gemma is the is truly the antagonist of the entire series because exactly. she was the thing with Clay. She was with JT. She was against, you know, it's uh, her Jax. decisions. It was her versus Tara. It's her. Yeah. Everything comes back to her. That's why I was pumping my fist and hollering, oh, yeah, when she took 45 rounds to the, you know, the skull. So, I mean, I season seven, her storyline of being the damsel in distress – you know, and trying to figure out and then trying to kill Juice and trying to do this. I didn't care for a lot of it. It's because, you know, I liked the Gemma who was a badass and took control and took care of business and so on. And which she did that a lot in the beginning of the series and did a lot of things. And she was more probative to the story where you didn't always hate her all the time. You know what I mean? And well, this see, I one, think that's Sutter. That's like, damn you, Sutter, for making us give two shits about Gemma. Because from her, you find out she killed Jax's dad, you know, with Clay. And then she gets gang raped the next season. Now you feel bad about her, right? Something horrible happens to her. So damn you, Sutter, for making us feel bad about what happened to her. Mm -hmm. Next season, she's, you know, fighting and toiling with Tara. And then they become buddies and fight together. And it's like... Damn you again, making know, this care. And then she, and there's even a series where she, you know, a season where she she kills a bad guy's daughter, and then she's on the lamb, and you you're wanting her to be able to escape and right. come back, and uh, so it's up and down, up down, up down. I just hated this season since we're talking about seven. Is is that? I mean, for twelve episodes, it was yeah. oh, you know lie, I, lie, yeah, lie. Yeah, I, I'm not going to Oregon, or I, don't kill me on the side of the road. And now I'm talking to a diner girl forever and drowning me out. And then we talk to Milo, which is Michael Chiklis, which is it was just kind of random. And you know, it just I don't know. It was kind of pieced together to have. I kind of I don't know. I just thought that story arc tried to put her with different characters, different things. I mean, we went to see her dad that kind of drowned it a little bit, but I know that was setting up the whole flower thing. I know, you know, her running into the truck driver, Michael Chiklis. I thought that was like just a cool way to get Michael Chiklis and a truck driver involved in the final scene. Not so much that it was probative to her to talk to him. You know yes, what I'm saying? I, I mean, like, like I'm like, not, I'm not, I'm not somebody who pick up on the side of the road or, you know, da, da, da. It's a bit of a reach. It was, you know, yeah, and so there was a lot of parts this entire season with Jim and that was just kind of like, I, I'm just not move on. Let's keep the story going. You know, the sooner she's off the screen, better. You know, even though she did a phenomenal job acting, don't get me wrong, her execution was great. I just felt like some of the story they put her in it was forced, or like you said. Was you know put in for effect you know yeah a bit of a reach but I do like the fact that a lot of her decisions led to some some bad deaths especially oh, yeah. Bobby her, I mean it's her fault her twisting her, her twisting plot created most of the drama of the entire season she's like a bomb and then there's shrapnel and all her mistakes just burst out what a great analogy and affect all these people around her you know. That at some point it was going to come back to haunt her, you know. And it did. It, it haunted her emotionally when these people started dropping. And then, of course, physically 
when she got peppered to the back of the head. Yeah. You know, I I can't hate on Gemma too much. Just due to the fact that you had so much emotional stock in her character. Oh, yeah. Like I said, phenomenal actress, phenomenal acting. Story arc was just beat to death. Yeah, but it, it's hard for me to separate her story arc season to season. True. Because she's had such a path leading to this. She always manipulates the the entire plot. Absolutely. By what everything she does. Absolutely. Worst character plot. Oh, or I was not a fan of Jari the Sheriff. I wasn't. I mean, I just... The whole do me on the car and do me here and I want information. What are you doing? I thought the actress did great. I mean, um, I think it's Annabeth Gish or whatever, Jari or whatever. I think she did great. I just... I didn't understand the... Uh, her and Chib relationship very well. It just I don't I didn't know if it was intended for them, if it was intended for information. I mean I kinda did, but I mean I just I don't know. It just kinda seemed like did it seem like it was forced to try to make it where Chibs had more of a spotlight, you know, or a different kind of connection or I'm gonna be honest with this seemed like this seemed like they were gonna continue this show on another season based around Chibs and Jerry. And I'm, I'm serious about that because Chibs becomes president. He has now this love interest slash foe in the sheriff that he's going to have to deal with. You know, we got the Mexicans with Alvarez and all that stuff, you know, the Mayans. It almost felt like to me, like they were leaving that door open to go ahead and give you a plot leading into a possible Continuation? Continuation of the show. Okay. I will say she was quite inconsistent with her character because her thing was you got to get along to get along wherever, you know what I mean? Right. Like she would take money because she wanted to be close to the groups. Almost like she had gone deep undercover in her past. She was definitely a rogue, yeah. Right. So she would take money and she would sleep with some of the bad guys to get information and stuff. But then sometimes that was like, okay, but I'll dare look to duty, you know what I mean, in this area. Right. You know, picking because, and choosing too Yeah, much. it was cherry picking, you know yeah. what I mean? And I just thought her, it was a little bit of a roller coaster with her character. Yeah, I think that was my biggest issue. I just, uh, it was just something about it. It just didn't jive real well with everything that was going on. And once again, Juice. I didn't like his. Great actor, uh, great acting. Storyline was just the punching bag thing, beat to death. And I liked Moses better than I liked August Marks in the final season. Because Marks didn't have much to do. He really didn't. He was some phone call conversations. He was some small meetings. His biggest thing was he killed Bobby. And his other biggest thing was he got killed on the courthouse steps. That's it. I mean, I realized Bobby was probably the biggest emotional moment of the show for this season. But, I mean, he just didn't have much to do this season. For as much as he had to do the previous season, and as much as they built him up as this badass, they had to bring in another character to be a henchman Foreign, who was yeah. the legitimate badass. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of weak. You got to see him shoot Bobby. Let him play that role. Right. You know, of the torturer and, you know, a guy that's. So he willing, carries more weight. Willing to put the blood on his hands. Exactly. You know? Because Pope was the guy that was super smart, wouldn't get blood on his hands, you know what I mean? 
had Marx to be his enforcer. But now that Marx is in charge, he's no longer enforcing. Yeah. You know, I didn't like to see that switch. You got a good point. I didn't even think much about Marx. You know, he just had such little screen time with some things other than the death of Bobby and a few other things. It never, it never crossed my mind. And then, the, like I said, preacher's wife and, and child, I just could care less. Yeah. And I, maybe that's my lack of empathy for them, but I did not care. You know, if they went down in a hail of gunfire, wouldn't have bothered me. Matter of fact, <laughs> the cabin survived this whole thing. I'm surprised the cabin wasn't just mowed down. True that. Very you know, true that. Could have caused some easy drama right there. That would have been a great little plot point in the show. True that. Hell, they blew up the clubhouse. You know, I mean, the cabin lives. <laughs> you know, Piney's old joint. You That's know right. what I'm saying? Hey place is like a rock (laughs) (laughs) stomping grounds there that's it uh all right what characters are you amazed or alive or amazed here we go or dead (laughs) first of all let's talk about amazed or alive juice and answer should have died a long time ago screw that how the hell is tig alive (laughs) all right let's go one by one here okay well, I think we can both agree. Juice should have been toast after the whole trying to commit suicide, stealing the brick, killing his own members a fiasco of several seasons ago. And then Death Wish season after yeah, that. Yeah. How he was still going around. I, I guess he was needed to be the punching bag for this final season. Anyway, Unser, man was dying of cancer five years ago. Well, I, I mean, mean, come on. I mean, been the man was smoking dope to live a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean... The healing powers of THC. Yes. Um, uh, I, I really expected him to die a few seasons ago between like between Clay, him, and um, Gemma. You know, I thought there would be like Clay would go ahead and just, all right, lover boy, bang, 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 take care of your cancer, you know, my way or something. I thought that was going to happen a long time ago, and it never did, you know. I thought that was strange. I mean, because you really think about it, you could have done. Could you have done without Unser this entire season? I mean, think about if you plucked him out of the story, what changes? Just some of Juice's stuff. I mean, very but they could have done it with Wendy. Very little. Yeah, I agree. But man, I'm attached to Unser. I think Unser, fantastic actor, fantastic character. I mean, I really, really liked him. You know, Dayton Callie was spot on. I mean, I'm happy he made it through seven season. Oh, I am too. I would have replaced, I mean, don't get me wrong, I would trade it with Mopey any day of the week, but I'm happy he made it because he's another one of those moral characters. You know, like, Chibs was a rock of loyalty, but Unser was the morality stone that walked around. You know what I mean? Uh, Absolutely. They, they killed any character that had an ounce of hesitation. You know what I mean? Like a moral hesitation. Mm-hmm. Like Opie. Like Bobby. You know, any character that was like telling Jax, hey, maybe you need to chill out with this or that. You know what I mean? They ended up killing him. Piney. You know what I mean? Anybody that wasn't just, let's we're down. Whatever you say, yes, kill him, kill her, whatever. They killed him. Anybody who had wavering loyalty didn't make it. It's basically what you're saying. Because you really think about it. Tig was ultimate loyalty. Chibs was ultimate loyalty. Bobby, 
you know, he wavered. He left and went to be a nomad and came back. So he died. Opie was like, I want out of this. I'm tired. I went to jail. Da, da, da. Died. I mean, you, you, you got a solid point there. You know, they, they just took anybody out that had a little bit of a moral backbone. Yeah. If you anybody had that. You had a doubt in the decision, you know, or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just killed anybody that slightly maybe questioned the path they were on. Yeah. You know, they I mean, were. Even Clay. I mean. <laughs> everybody. Everybody. See, even Clay in his waning moments was going soft. Yeah. You know, and they just take him out. No one's allowed to be soft. No, I'm definitely not. Uh, but who are right, who are you amazes alive? Or I mean, who are you amazes is dead? Um, mm. I thought Colette was a. I was didn't expect I was surprised that. Colette died. Um, I thought that was a strange. Um, other than that, I mean, I gotta be honest. I'm not too surprised anybody that's dead because I thought. More would be dead. Exactly. So, I mean, really, Colette was the only one that I was probably following this season category. Yeah, because for as much as they showed her, to her to just kind of go out in a simple shot, you know wah, what I mean? Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was kind of just disappointing. Honestly. It was. You know, it was. Um, but, yeah, everybody else, I'm just kind of, oh, that's it? That's all that's dead? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I honestly thought many, many would be dead. I did too. Is there I thought, any chance? I thought, you know, I thought at several different points that, like I said, half the crew was going to be dead. I thought that several uh, sons were going to die. I thought that there was going to be a lot more unraveling than what happened. Was there any chance you thought Jax was making out alive? There when, was a little. When they wing him and there say, was a you little escaped. part. But I just didn't see him. Riding off to the sunset in some in any form fashion. I just I didn't see it being a, a situation where I was like I'd be happy about it. So I just didn't see that. I really didn't. I mean, you really think about it. I mean, even if he did all he did and got away, shaved his head, moved to Oregon, went to Canada, da, 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 would you really be happy seeing him out there chopping wood and being alone? That's in so cabins? weird. I just thought the same thing of chopping wood, you know, building. Uh, hey, we're talking about like a fire. Breaking Bad getaway, you know what I mean? Up there by himself playing checkers, yeah, ten thousand dollars to play games with him. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, um, give me a break. No, um, like not you at said. all. Or you won't see him. You know, we wouldn't see him down in Tijuana sipping, you know, cervezas, and you know, no, yeah, I wouldn't see that either. No, I mean, he had to go. The only other, only other option was is that him and his boys got away, and you know, uh, you know, him say, "I'm going to do what my wife always told me to do. I wish I'd done it when she was alive," you know. You know, like a lot of people had told him, you know, even Unser told him before he goes, if you quit being a thug and be more of a dad, you know, maybe things would be different, you know. Um, that just didn't seem like a real possibility, you know. Like you say, I never thought this was going to have a happy ending. Nah. And in no way does it have one. Um, but when he has, you know, happy basically, or chips clip him, or they shoot happy, you yeah. know what I mean, to make the blood. They're winging. Stuff. Right. Uh, which he doesn't move at all when he takes the shot. He's happy. Yeah, he's a lunatic. Um, in a way, I thought maybe they were going to try to pull something where Wendy and Nero make it to the farm, and then you were going to see like him riding the motorcycle down the dirt driveway, you know what I mean, and pulling up with no uh, no patch on. 
You know what I mean? Like just in a white t-shirt and jeans and none of his rings because he left them on Opie and Tara's grave. and Like he just left all of it behind for the sake of his kids. You know what I mean? Like I thought that was possible. I just didn't see it, man. I just don't. I know, I know it was so thin. It was when like they such were a thin when they've been preaching so long that I'm a killer and my kids don't need to be anything like me and all that kind of stuff. And they need to hate me and that whole scene, you know, when Nero's crying and putting his glasses down and he knows this will be the last time you see him. There's just no way he comes out of that alive. And oh like, no! And they did a really good job of him saying, "I'm not a good person. Right? I'm a bad person. You know right. what I mean? I mean him." Him burning his dad's manuscript and burning all the notes he's been writing for seven seasons and and then throwing his shoes away and putting his boots on his dad's boots on, you know, symbolizing the I'm ta- I'm walking in my father's footsteps and you see how he ended up. I mean, it was just great yeah, whole, stuff. All right. We've pretty much gone through most of what I wanted to talk about as far as worst, best and stuff like that. I am curious how you thought it ended. Like what was your thoughts on the ending? It, just just the ending. Um, you talking about his death? Or are you talking about everything that leads up to it? Like you want to say like he goes out and he kills Mark Sombrowski, does the phony, shoots the, you know, happy and tells all his goodbyes, goodbye, and then gets on the bike and leaves, his dad's bike and leaves? Yeah, we can even, you know, I'm happy he made Chibs Prez and Tig, you know, Vice Prez. Vice, yeah. And obvious choices, right? And happy will be Sergeant at Arms. You would think, you know, yeah, whatever. Um, I was happy with that. I was happy he said there's no way I would put this on you guys. I didn't like the whole meet Mister Mayhem, killing jury, that whole situation. I thought that was just kind of thrown in tension that was unnecessary. Yeah, I like the tension of not knowing whether or not Jerry was the one, you know, pulling the strings behind the scenes to try to get Jax killed. I thought that was okay. But when it started coming to the meetings of all the other presidents from the other clubs and the other charters, ah, I could have done without it. Yeah, you, you like Robert Patrick and the other guy, the redheaded guy, you know, the yeah. Irish guy. Yeah, I could see that. It just... It seemed very informal for such a major decision. Well, and it, to be honest with you, the the acting was wooden in those scenes. You know, Jax I mean, could pull his weight I just liked, fine. I mean, Chibs was in there tearing up when they made the decision that meet Mr. Mayhem. No, not that. When he's at the table with the other charter presidents, like, they don't seem to know how to carry their weight on the screen. Like, Robert Patrick, you know, you've seen him a couple times. He's like... He knows how to act. The redheaded dude, you've seen him in a ton of stuff. He knows how to act, but they all seemed kind of silly. I don't know. I didn't I didn't put a lot of stock in it. Um, you know, but as for the ending itself, you know, there's a lot of cool tidbits in that last little ending that I really I honed in on, you know. Before you get to those tidbits, because I like what you found. I think the stuff's really cool. I don't like the chick with the blanket, the dirty homeless lady. Yeah, you see her throughout the series, yeah. But not explained. She's mystical. Where did that come from? It is pure symbolism. Right. And then I don't like the CG birds flying around while he's on his last ride. 
and you know when he gets hit by the semi and you see the blood pull out and then there's the birds and stuff and it's like yeah well i mean at the very end the birds are eating what you think are debris you know it looks like it looks like you know bread and wine you know and then the blood shows up and the birds fly away it's all symbolism i mean if you if you look at it and see what it is it is that you know i understand the and symbolism. the crows were in the very first season at the end of the you know end of that and so there's a lot of just just a ton of symbolism we put together okay but the entire series there is not one mystical thing in the whole deal you gotta Throughout admit the when series, those you see the homeless girl and you get you, there is that little story that it could be such and such and so on and they never really close in on any of that but you do see her every once in a while and there's the, that little tidbit you know um but just just hone in to give you my opinion of the ending All right my opinion of the ending was is that um it made sense if you caught all the symbolism and what they were trying to do. I know a lot of people were kind of iffy on it or not sure or weren't 100% on it because, I mean, from their point of view, you see him go up to a hill. He visits the site of his dad's death, shoots at a few cops, and then he runs his motorcycle into the front of an 18-wheeler that Michael Chiklis is driving. Um, convenient, it's that guy that happened to pick up his mama and that kind of stuff. That part I didn't like is that what are the odds that he runs into an 18 wheeler that happens to be Micah Chiklis's character that happened to pick up his mama that took him to her daddy's place and blah. You know what I mean? That don't give me that coincidence. That's a bridge too far. What's the odds that he doesn't run into a roadblock? Right. So there, there was that. That doesn't bother me a lot. I mean, him running into an eighteen wheeler—that's all fine. I thought that, I thought the only symbolism needed to be what was on the side of the truck, not that the driver was somebody who picked up Gemma. You know what I mean? That's the part that hurt. That um, question: Were you happy you didn't? Did you did you didn't see him actually hit the truck? I'm gonna be honest. I didn't like him hitting the truck. I didn't like. I thought him opening his arms and it symbolism. going slow frame. I know the whole crucifixion stuff. I did not like, I thought it was a little cheesy how he opened his arms, closed his eyes, and ran into the truck. I just thought it looked weird. and it, it, Maybe I was thrown off a little bit because of the damn CG crows. I just did not like that at all. I but, didn't, I, I, the truck, him running into the truck was fine. I thought it was poetic like his dad. Because John died that way. I thought it was poetic like his dad. And it was on his bike. It was in his boots. You know, you 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 die by the sins of your father, all that kind of stuff. I, I thought that was great. I was I was fine with the truck. The parts around the truck are what bothered me. Like you said, the CG crows were a little off on the special effects. Chickless driving it, you know that. Those are the two things that hurt that scene. You know, I thought it was really cool cinematography when you see him on the motorcycle and you see forty cop cars behind him, and the way the lights were blurred and him slow mode behind him, and all that cinematography was really really cool. I thought that was cool, but what are the odds that that would be the case? You know, I thought that too. You know, but I actually talked to um, a police officer or two, and I was like, you know, how how would the officers handle a situation? And especially if a guy literally just got on a motorcycle and shot at a few cops and then drove off and you're going on the interstate and you know he's armed and he said no officer would get close 
He said, that, that's protocol. You know, if you know he's armed and he's already shot a police officer, they'll tell that police officer to stay back, not to incite him to fire a round again because that round could kill an officer or somebody around, especially if you're on a highway. When he told me that, that made total sense. Like you said, he would have to come up to a roadblock where you would be, an area would be cleared or secured. And if it just, just happened and he was just on the interstate, it would take a little bit to get to that situation. But he, they show him riding the motorcycle forever nah, with the I cops say chasing forever, him. but I'm just saying, have you ever I, seen The Devil's Rejects? Oh yes. Have you seen? So you know the ending where they go out to Freebird in a blaze of glory. Yes. That's how I wanted him to go out. So you wanted him to go down to hail a gunfire. I don't want to see him like killing cops as he's going. But point his gun their direction and start shooting with his hands off. Instead of open wide like this, have him just shooting. You know what I mean? Like, pay you, for you his You want sins. this to be like the last samurai is what you want. You want Tom Cruise to go down like he's coming off the horse when people are mowing him down. That's what you want. He's the reason for a lot of police death. Okay. I just thought it would have been a lot cooler to see something like that with a cool soundtrack playing over it. Maybe not Freebird because that's just... Stealing from Devil's Rejects, but something cool that's fitting for the same. I got a cool tidbit about that, by the way. When you talk about the soundtrack, and all right, and then th- see that. Be honest with you. I think the reason we did not see Jack Taylor die physically on film is because nobody wanted to see that. That was more satisfying to know that he died. You didn't want to see that pretty face, Charlie Hunnan, go into the grill of a truck, and you didn't want to see him get shot fifty times and on his motorcycle and wreck, and you know flop around on the ground. You know, after the motorcycle fell. Even if you took, did it from the helicopter view, you didn't want to see the, him go and then, 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 then you see that plaid shirt roll around the concrete and bleed out. That would have been awesome. No, no. That would have been awesome. That would have been terrible. That would have been Everybody awesome. would have been pissed if they had done that. I, I, honestly, I, I did not want to see there him. There's no such thing as a happy death of Charlie Hunnan or Jax Teller on this show. But you did not want to see him go face planted to the grill of a truck. You did not want to see him go out in a hail of gunfire. Nobody wanted to see the physical death. What about Thelma and Louise? Just drive off a cliff Jeez. into the ocean. You still wouldn't have seen it land. You would have just been. Well, they could have shown like a. No. Like no an explosion. Man, you're, <laughs> or you're, gonna, a you're making us lose viewers by the like second. Wiley Coyote, you know, when he hits Shut the bottom. Up, the man. Poof, little so full of mushroom shit. cloud. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Nah. nah I, I didn't love the, the suicide death. No, I was fine with the ending. I thought it was good. The, the Crow CG need to be better. Michael Chickles driving the truck was too convenient. Other than that, I was good with it. Hmm. I like the symbolism. I thought it was cool stuff. I'll go over that in a minute. Symbolism's fine. I just don't like any mysticism in this show because it's not there. You, you can say mysticism. There was one part I would say was like, yeah, no, that would have never happened in What's real life. What's the crow eating the bread in the by the blood? What is that? Where'd the bread come from? The bread that the chick had sitting there beside her. I know. It's too much. It's a bridge too far, brother. I know it, man. Like I said, that's that's the part, you know. All right, when she when when she's sitting there and she gives him the blanket and says it's time and she's eating bread and wine, I was like, whoa, (laughs) we went off the reservation right there, (laughs) you know. 
but I know what they were trying to do. I mean, even the graffiti on the wall had some, you know, symbolism. You know, the giving the blanket and she's eating bread and wine and the, the moment when she was with his buddies and his arms are raised and it looks like crucifixion part one. And then when he's on the bike, he raises his arm, crucifixion part two. And the name of the driver is Milo. And these are all these tidbits, by the way. Um, you know, in which if you look at the meaning of Milo, you know, has it's a uh, merciful yet destroyer. And how about the tomatoes are all over the side of that truck. And was at the, you know, during the time of Chris Wiggins was considered a poisonous apple and no symbolism there of Adam and Eve. And you know, how about the, the there's the song that opens up the entire, you know, the final episode was talking uh, with Bruce Springsteen about, you know, Cain and guess what the, guess what his job, his job was the entire season was being Cain, you know, and Adam and Eve and created Cain. I mean, how about the when they looked at they hone in on his tattoos? It was from JT's gravesite and his boys. I mean, there's some telltale symbolism, and I mean, there's just tons and tons. I mean, the final song while he's riding on that motorcycle was written by Kirk Sutter, and it's like "Riding with a Murderer" is the name of the song, and it was done by the White Buffalo and the Forest Rangers. I mean, right with the murder, the murder of crows. It's all puke on those crows you know there was just a, a lot of little cool cool stuff you know i'm okay with symbolism i just don't want to see it uh mysticized and thrown in my face with I know. I bloody know. bread and birds well, you know it just just like um bash executioner he went way more symbolism and more mystical magical on that one who are they trying to say that the woman the homeless woman was like death no, 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 no. Just, you know. Some kind of judgment? Some... I couldn't give you a definitive answer on that. You know, there's predictions. There's, you know, it, it's a very religious overtones. You know, I wouldn't say she's somebody in particular. Somebody could tell me I'm completely wrong. I mean, somebody can get on Twitter today and after the shoot, they'd be like, uh, hey, Zach, you're a dummy. It was this, 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 and this. And I'd be happy to hear it. Um, but there was just a lot of religious overtone. I mean, like bread and wine. I mean, giving the cloth off your back and him hiding on the steps to you know undo evil and uh, you know the the graffiti on the wall and all that kind of stuff. It's time, and I mean, just a lot of that stuff. You know. Yeah, I could have done without any symbolism or mysticism, but. Yeah, like the name of the song during his last ride was "Come Join the Murderer," and it was written by Kirk Sutter. I thought that you know that was cool. And the beginning of the episode was a Bruce Springsteen song, and it was called "Adam Raised a Cane." You know, just right. Um, so I mean, it's very cool. You know, little detail. Kirk Sutter does a great job of using literal references and you know using some of the. Uh, past literacy greats and incorporates it in how he does what he does with a modern theme and that's what i loved it and i think that was his biggest struggle with bash executioner is is that you know he was relating things to a modern thing that were you know things were desiring wanting to see and then when you go back to a, a period piece you can't relate to and people speak proper it just you know it was unfortunate you know yeah Pulls people you didn't up. give it a good enough chance you know right yeah uh I'm okay with how it ended, just I could have done without some of the mysticism stuff. I but that pretty much wraps up the season, but I wanna, I'm want i curious how your thoughts on the whole series as a whole. Well, the series as a whole was epic for me. Um, 
like I said before, I was a, a Kirk Sutter fan before Sons of Anarchy. It's the reason I started watching Sons of Anarchy is because I watched The Shield and I'd heard all the praise. And after I watched it season, episode by episode and heard that he was kind of the guy who put that together and um, and he didn't disappoint. I mean, you look at the series overall, seven seasons. I can really only say one, maybe one and a half really were like, meh, you know. And even the worst season had one of the best endings. I mean, one of my favorites endings, to be honest with you. And so um, I really can't say that there was a season I was just like, God, what a complete letdown. You know what I mean? It was one of the few shows. I mean, I mean, we both know I'm a huge Walking Dead fan, and there's a season or two where like, I mean, I would not turn that back on to watch it unless you paid me, you know, but I still love the show more than anything. So, I mean, um, that's one thing I can say about Sutter stuff is that there, I, I can go back and watch any one of them. I mean, I just really, really enjoyed it. I really felt involved, loved every character from start to finish of every character. Um, there's a couple people through the series, you know, that that wacky prosecutor in the series, I think it's season three or four, the bearded guy on a Mustang, I thought he was peculiar. There was, you know, the cartel stuff. Some of them characters were a little, eh. You know, just, there was a couple, you could definitely tell there was a lot of S.H.I.E.L.D. transfer. A lot of people, you know, if you didn't ever watch S.H.I.E.L.D., um, a lot of the main characters from S.H.I.E.L.D., which were awesome. Walter Goggins is one of them. Michael Chiklis is another one. Um the oh god what's that guy's name blonde haired guy he was actually he came over he's the one who died who stepped on landmine and got blown to bits he just suddenly right. died one season uh he was a, another character off the shield just epic epic and uh they uh there's a lot of transfer even like the cartel um you know danny treo's right hand man you know every time i see him i always think of acevedo because that's his name that was his name in the shield okay and uh, he was the gemma of the shield but if that makes sense, like he was the antagonist the whole time. I got you. I really enjoyed this series. Um, like you said, I'm really kind of miss it because there's not a ton of shows where you get so involved with the characters in it that you give a damn about every one of them story. You know, there's characters on the walking dead. I could care less. Let them die. Yeah. There's characters in game of Thrones. Even though we couldn't like meh. Could care less. Let them die. There's very few shows this large that lasted this long that I still cared about the characters at the end. Amen. And and damn near 95% of them. You know what I mean? So, I haven't seen The Shield before. And I've not seen Bastard Executioner. But based on Sons of Anarchy, I feel like Sutter has a knack for characters. Like, making you just care, you know? Characters and good storytelling. Yeah. In combination is what he is. Dynamic characters. I mean, his characters are so, you want to know more. You want, you're you're involved. Right. You, you care about them. And if you think about all these characters, they didn't, you don't hear their backstory. He didn't beat you over the head with backstory and just, you know, and just constant flashbacks or anything like that you know you just you're just giving these people and you love the character for who they are not right. what they what they what they're from right they were written well enough to where you're like well this guy obviously had a tortured past you know but they don't have to show it 
It's like you can read it on their faces and on, on their actions and stuff. You know what I mean? Like Tig you know, is clearly a wacky dude. Oh yeah. Who clearly had a messed up childhood. <laughs> yeah. You know, and found a brotherhood that wouldn't judge him and is in it now. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And is completely committed because of that. Yeah. Because I'm they don't look at him as a freak. You know that type of stuff. I love that. About this type of show. Oh, yeah. You know, a funny little tidbit I meant to forget to mention is, is that, you know, Happy is an actual yeah, member the, of the, the Hells and Angels and, and part of the MC there and so on and was supposed to be just a consultant for the show. And when he asked to actually be on it. And, I mean, though all, all his tattoos are real. All his stuff is legit. I mean, he's even wrote his own book, you know, yeah, talking but, about how, you know, how he became a son. And, I mean... There's a read. Yeah. It's it's a you really didn't know, you didn't know cool. anything about his past. You just love the character for what he is, right? And people that didn't necessarily look too in depth into the show, you were just like, Happy is just another wildly written character who's a nutty, you know, nutty kind of guy who's very impulsive and violent. But the truth is, is he's impulsive and violent, and was in a you know gang of bad dudes. And was brought on, and they were like, "Well, who better to play the part?" You know what I mean? Just that's awesome. Absolutely. And the fact that Sutter had the balls to put in a non-actor and let him speak, let him be in a lot of scenes, and the guy knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I mean, considering to having zero acting credits, to roll in there and do like he did, that is applaud. Wow. Absolutely. And it's not like he had to say a ton, but when he when he spoke and when he did things. Hey, 100%. Until I read that here recently that he was not a non-actor and so on, you could have never told me he wasn't an actor before the show. Yeah. No, he did well enough to to make you not understand. that I've only ever heard of one other character in anything else ever do such a situation and do so well and become successful. And that is the drill sergeant off of... Um, oh, Arlie Ermey. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, you know, full metal jacket and to find out he was a carpenter for a set design and that the general that was supposed to play the part was running behind and he stepped in just to kind of do some practicing and he loved what he did so much. He became the part and look at his career. Well, I mean, they're just, I think they had him step in to read the lines. Yeah. You know, as a placeholder, but he crushed it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Success stories like that really make me, you know, make me happy. Yeah, because to see somebody like that who was also able to bring in some realism to the show, absolutely, you know, call out things that are like, no, that would never happen. That's unrealistic. You know, that's garbage. Don't put that in there. Trust me. I'm sure Sutter trusted him. Absolutely, and it's probably a good reason why he lasted seven seasons. Absolutely, no reason to kill him. You need him around. Yeah. Well, you got the balls to kill an actual MC, you know. <laughs> hey. hey, by the way, happy you don't make it this season. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, some friends come knock on your trailer later. Yeah, I really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you write that. Yeah. But yeah, I really enjoy this series. I feel like it's one. Maybe several years from now, I could revisit. I agree. I remember too much right now. So I don't want to, but I could probably revisit this in a few years. Well, you know, you think about it like <clears throat> you and I were talking earlier about the seasons and, you know, if you could pick one and this and that or so on, which I have such a hard time with, you know, because 
they were all good in their own right. You know, there are some that I can say I didn't enjoy as much because of this, that, or so on. But you really think about it. I mean, every season had its parts. We were like, wow, I really enjoyed this, this, that, or so on, you know? Well, it's kind of crushing to find out that the season you think is the worst, the Belfast season, has the best ending. You know, oh, your yeah. favorite ending to an to a season in the yeah, whole series. it was my top. It was one of my, it's probably my top. I mean, there was nothing more satisfying at that time that I didn't stand up, shout at the roofs, heck yeah, that's the way to go, and completely blindside, you know, every viewer. Did that, did that really just happen? You know, wow, you know? Yeah. And then to only follow by season six when you see, you know, Clay go down and how gratifying some of that was. And, you know, and then this season seven, I mean, there's just, there were so many really cool endings and so many unfoils of really clever plots and planning and, um, they were really good, you know, and of course there was other ones where we were like, womp, 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 but the season was pretty good. You know, the ending was kind of foiled, you know, or vice versa, you know, but then you think about the other thing is that this show has brought on so many unique characters. I mean, from Henley Rollins to Jenna Jameson to, you know, Marilyn Manson. And I mean, just all these people that were non-typical and they come in and knock it out of the park. I mean, how good a job did Henry Rollins do as an Aryan Brotherhood rapist? I mean, the guy was incredible so scary calm yeah i mean and you think about it i've seen some other stuff henry rollins in this and they've never done him justice for the type of character too over the top yeah yeah he's just this was like quintessential henry rollins you know and i think that's really 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 a testament to the writer director and why this series is so good and why damn it i hate it's gone yeah that's my final point is that i hate it's gone I know they're considering a spinoff series with the Mayans. Yeah, and they've been said that's down the road. You know, they wanted things to kind of – they don't want there to be that comparison that, you know – which that makes total sense. I mean, if you if you do something too soon or get right into it, then you'll just constantly compare and constantly want to mix and mingle and so on. Yeah, I think about shows like Predator Call Saul coming right on the foothills of Breaking Bad. And I thought that was a risky move, but they're riding the wave – of the fame of that show exactly because so better this call one, saul waited for a while i think it'd been like they would have lost momentum i think they would have i think right. you're absolutely right i think but, with this new one if they're going to go those you know it won't be called something like you know you know whatever the, how they want to word it for mayans or whatever you know the one thing that i'd always heard and i thought would be really really cool was the prequel i yeah, really like the, the idea Redwood no, Originals. i want to hear about jt story and the clay and Gemma before, you know, I know you can't go and doctor them up to make them look young. We have to get new characters and new, you know, new actors. But the thing of it is, is you think about characters like Piney and JT and Clay and them. Yeah. You could get new actors for them, obviously, but they're not the original. They're not all the originals. No. Because there was a, what they, you know, there it was, was a, nine, wasn't there? Original eight or nine or something like that. And there was only what? One, two, three, what? Three left? Was, two? Bo- was Bobby one? I can't remember. I can't remember if Bobby was one or not. God, that's terrible. Oh, that makes me sick. That I can't remember. Uh, well, we know Piney and we know Clay was. Yeah. You know. And of course, JT. Yeah. I think Bobby would be the only one that could have been. He's the only one old enough, I think. Yeah. Possibly. Piney was old as shit. <laughs> so I'm not sure, Mr. Air Tank. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I would have loved to see. I'd love to see a Redwood original. You know, yeah, people. just just call it Redwood. You know, I think that would be sweet. You know, I think that would have the most. 
like anticipation and because you know how it's going to end up and to see how it goes, you know, through the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I think they could, it's possible they could do it more than one season, but I think one packed full season would be best. Uh, you could do two or three seasons, I think, especially if there was nine of them and we only know of two or three for sure. That's a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, it just depends on how far they want to go back. Do they go back to before they even start the club and stuff? You know, right? Yeah, I mean that could be that could be really cool. Either I mean, way, uh, I'm looking forward to watching the Shield because I've never seen a single episode of it. And maybe we should pot it. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe I'd love some feedback to hear what people think. Yeah, if y'all uh, listen to this and. Maybe you haven't watched The Shield, or you have, or, you know, I, The Shield was pre-podcast, so it's never been potted, I can tell you that. Um, so we, we could do the whole start it over kind of thing and revisit it. Well, I know these people are massive Sutter fans. I'm just curious how many of them watched The Shield. Did they start their Sutter fanhood because of, because of Anarchy? Anarchy? Because it's, The Shield's pre-Twitter, it's pre-social media really yeah so i'm curious how big the word was of the shield you know the shield makes me remind me of the wire these were all before those twitter social media stuff and it makes you wonder if they had came out during those times how much difference of the popularity within because i really feel like they are the top those two shows are probably in the top five if not top three all time in my book of tv well see i wish shows like deadwood would have came out during that era. Right. Because they would not have been allowed to stop that show. Correct. It would have been such blowback. There'd be no way they could stop it. So I think of things like The Shield. I'd love some feedback. You know, whether or not people would be willing. Of course the people that have never seen it. But even the people that maybe they have seen it. If they'd be willing to go back to episode one. Would follow, that be something you'd want to listen to on yeah, the pod? Would Is that wanna, something y'all would want us to do? Let us know. Follow along with us. Literally from the beginning to the end. Yeah. It was five seasons. Five fantastic seasons, by the way, that had some amazing characters, amazing names. And I can promise you, you know, if you've never seen The Shield and you love Svanarchy, I can guarantee you will like The Shield. I'm yeah. curious, which one did you like better, The Shield or Sons of Anarchy? <laughs> Bro, I hate, I, I hate to tell you this. I'm going to be honest. The Shield started it all for me. Yeah, because I remember when you were watching it and you just kept bugging the shit out of me to watch it. I'm sorry. The Shield. The things you love about Sons of Anarchy, The Shield created. Right. Well, there you go, guys. That's the that's the call out right there. We need to know whether or not we'd have some people listening. Because that's, you know, we love talking about this stuff, but we sure do need more, you know, Rating, reviewing, following, and all that type of stuff, and listens. Yeah. You got two minutes to give us a subscribe and a review on iTunes or Stitcher or something like that. That'd be huge for us. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, whatever. We we love it. You know, every little bit helps. Um, this whole podcast right here, this one we just did, was for Jay, who won the Suttercast contest or Sutterfile Santa contest. And Angie at Sutterfiles helped us get that together. And she just hit a huge landmark of 20,000 followers. And Absolutely. We could only dream to be in that kind of category down the road. And uh, 
Um, if there's that kind of following for Sutter stuff, then I would imagine Shield's got to be one of those shows that people maybe people like. Uh, if that's the case, hit us up. Let us know on Twitter, Facebook, email. You know, you can always reach us at bleedtvpodcast at gmail dot com or at bleedtvpodcast on Twitter. Whatever it is, um, but we'd My love question to hear. Is, it. What else are you going to watch? There's no other Sutter to watch now. Yeah, we don't have Sutter for a while because he's already said he's kind of taking a little break and he's considering his options. And so, well, either way, even if he got a brand new show right now, they would film it and it would not be out for another year, more than likely. At best, if it passed pilot, you know what I mean? Exactly. You know, so I don't know, but yeah, we'd love some feedback. Let us know. Other than that, I think we're gonna call it here, man. Yeah, let's call it. Thanks again, Jay. Uh, congratulations. Hey, congratulations. Hope to you. y'all enjoyed it. Absolutely, and uh, everybody uh, enjoy your new year. Yeah, you too. Later. Riding through this world All alone Gotta take your soul You're on your own A crow flies straight A perfect line